Hey guys, welcome to the Speaking of Football podcast. Uh, we are your hosts. I am Ian. Uh, with me, as always, is Derek and Mike. What's up, guys? Introduce yourselves. Mike here. Derek right. here. How's everybody I doing? I am great. How are you, Derek? I am pretty good. Long day. It was hot up here in the northern Virginia, D.C. region today. We're having a heat wave, so yeah. got the little baby pool out for the kids. Nice. And right myself. on. <laughs> Not yeah. a shame. It is also very hot <laughs> in my garage right now. <laughs> uh, but you mike it's always hot i, I live in south louisiana <laughs> oh dude is it like crazy humid down there all the time yes it is always crazy humid saying that it's always hot is disingenuous we've actually had a pretty cool spring but it has been heating up recently but our idea of a pretty cool is like you know upper 80s like 90 degree weather pretty much all the time <laughs> Ugh. gross Ugh, that yeah, sounds miserable <laughs> Okay. Well, so on tonight's episode, we are going to talk about roster building. We're going to talk about real life roster building, you know, like how NFL teams, you know, how they how they build their teams up, whether it's through free agency contracts, I guess, or um, or drafting. And then similarly, we'll talk the same thing about fantasy roster building, you know, whether it's dynasty building your team, rebuilding or contending and then we can talk about redrafting too so you know starting from scratch every year just just different types of roster building draft strategies all that type of stuff so we're just going to hop into it you know talk about just various topics so um i feel like what i want to talk about first of all mainly is um is like redraft i think starting from scratch you know it's it's a totally different animal than all the other stuff because you're always having to you know a guess who's going to play well this year but also just knowing who to draft because you're not just adding to an existing roster and trying to you know you you have to start from the beginning so how do you guys approach a redraft draft do you guys go in with like a you know like a running back first round always or like a wait super late for quarterback like how do you guys usually do it um for me with with redrafts i I generally am going uh running back in the first couple of rounds it does depend on if it's like a standard league or a PPR because there are still some, sure. some of those dinosaur standard leagues out there. Um, but <laughs> for the most part, I, I usually lean running back. I, I don't know. I, I don't like to say stuff like that because it could always change, you know, just depending yeah. on what happens with the draft, but also the year. Like I think this year, particularly uh, some of the early drafts that I've done in the mocks that I've done, like running back goes off the board really fast and really quickly um, like it, it, everybody starts taking them really early and they're gone quick because it's just a run. So I've really prioritized getting running backs because it also feels like a really deep wide receiver class. But I mean, I remember yeah. a couple of years ago, you know, I took, uh, I mean, right after he had that great year, um, I, had, I took Allen Robinson in the first round and, you know, like that's not, that was, I was like in a first half pick, like it just depends on the year really, but usually running back first. Is right. Thing. Yeah, no, I feel that. I, I do that too often. I remember we did a mock uh, like last week, I think, and, and the first – is a redraft mock, and the first round was just all running back. Yeah. Like I think it was just like running – you know, it was 12 teams. The first 11 picks, I think maybe there was Michael Thomas right in the middle. Right. But otherwise it was running back until I was the 12th pick. And I was like, well, at this point, like I feel like the value is not even there anymore. Like I'm going to take the next – the top two receivers now. Right. But then then it got back to me around later, you know, at the end, you know, the next turn. And I'm just like, man, I really wish I had taken a running back, at least one. Right. <laughs> you know, because you're right. They, I mean, 
it's just too shallow. I mean, yeah, compared to the wide receivers, even you know the top the top values at wide receiver, it's like the drop off is really not that significant. So like, you know, from, from like, you know, wide receiver 10 to wide receiver 30 is probably like what a couple points a game. Yeah. So, yeah. So it like, honestly, I've adjusted mine a lot this year. I I've done one redraft draft already. And my first, I think I drafted, it was 12 rounds. I drafted six or seven running backs, you know, like I'm, I'm not trying to be caught with my pants down, Yeah. you know, for sure. And, and, no, you're good. And, Go ahead, Eric. And with redraft too, your 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 running back pool, your your pool in general gets a little bit thinner because unlike dynasty, where some you'll see some of the rookies trickle in to the top couple rounds, you're not necessarily going to see that in redraft. So, you know, like you said, by the time you get to the twelfth pick and all the running backs are gone. You know, somewhere around there in Dynasty might be sitting. Um, oh my gosh, my brain just stopped working. Taylor, Jonathan guys. Taylor, or um, Hilaire. Yeah, right. Yeah, thank you. Those sure. Taylor or Hilaire sitting there, but you're probably not sure. going to take them in a redraft at the end of the first round because you, you know, you get better value out of a Michael Thomas or a DeAndre yeah. Hopkins right there. Um, so even it gets even thinner when you're talking redraft. Uh, because some of the rookies aren't aren't going to be ranked quite as high as sure. you would in dynasty. No, I feel that. I, I've I've seen Edwards Hilaire go in the first round of uh, of a dynasty startup, but then I'm able to get him like in redraft mocks or 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 redraft drafts. Uh, like I'm getting Edwards Hilaire at the end of the second as opposed to the end of the first. Like it's a, a full round drop because yeah. you know he could be like that elite running back this year, like people want him to be. But you know you there's always that potential for Damian Williams to, you know, at least cut into his workload enough to not make him that valuable. Right. Or, or like Marlon Mack yep. and Jonathan Taylor or, or Miles Sanders and, you know, potentially another, another signed Eagles running back. Yeah. And then, then those guys, like, I feel like they go, like you said, way higher in dynasty because eventually we do think that they'll, they'll outshine those, those veterans. Right. And, and take over, but like, yeah, this yeah. this year, like, I, I still take them just because I feel like the value's there, and you know, you might as well if if you can get like a top ten running back potentially in the, the beginning of the third round, like, why not? Yeah. But it's a it's a risk for sure. Yeah, but I do like a good redraft league. I'm in a couple of them. Most of mine are dynasties, but I like them for the fact that I think they're a little bit more simple you have to change your mindset a little bit but you don't have to think about i'll use you know derrick henry for an example or Mm -hmm. todd Gurley. you know what's going to happen to them next year when their contracts are up are they going to then get shipped off to a timeshare you know you you know that hey they're going to get used this year for this year's team and you know and so that takes them a little bit higher in the rankings and you can grab them um and so it just kind of eliminates some of the more detailed thought you have to have when you're building a Mm -hmm. dynasty team when you have to really kind of take into consideration rookie contracts other contracts or guys signing you know um extensions not extensions you know Mm -hmm. things of that nature for sure it's nice to have a couple of them every year just because it doesn't hurt my head as much to think about those for sure (laughs) i think um running backs in dynasty leagues i i've 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 been doing dynasty. This is my third year doing dynasty, I think. And 
and I've tried to adjust my approach every year because you know I'm still learning every every year of course and you know everyone always says you know you want to focus on wide receiver because you know the the longer shelf life but when it comes to running backs like you still you still want to have depth at running back and so when I'm doing a startup I think what I try to focus on most is like second year running backs like second third year that way bare minimum you've got you've got three maybe four years out of them left as opposed to, you know, you're talking about these contracts where it's like it could be one year, but like a Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs, they've already produced and they've they've got that sort of they've they still got three years on a rookie contract at least. So it's like Yeah. Take those guys, you don't have to worry about it as much. And you know, you might have to spend a little more on the draft capital, but it's like I just you know, I mean David Johnson, you know, Todd Gurley, like it's just those second contract running backs, you know, I feel like, you know, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, those guys were the top three running backs in fantasy, what, two years ago? Yeah. And where are they now? Right. Like, you know, everyone's talking about Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and and Saquon Barkley now. I mean, in two or three years, are those names going to change again? You know, like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to take, like, high-end value but also stick with, you know, you know, potential to break out more and, and just have a lot longer term on the contracts. I, I just God, I would hate the idea of losing my guy in this, like in year two. Yeah. Yeah. No, makes sense. Um, so what, how about that um, in real life then, like with running backs, how do you guys feel about that? Like, I know there's a huge gap between, you know, there's people who think running backs don't matter right? Or there's people who think running backs are like the engine for the team. So like, how do you guys treat them in real life? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting topic for sure. I think it's funny because running back is probably my favorite position. Like as far as just, uh, especially nowadays with what running back, what, what the position requires, you know, they, they have to be very versatile really to be Mm -hmm. successful in the league. They have to be pass catchers, you know, the, the days of like the, Derrick Henry types are, are pretty much thing of the past. He's, he's a, mm-hmm. you know, he's an outlier. And so there, it's just so much fun to watch these big guys. It's fun to watch them, you know, when they do power runs, just North South runs. It's just, it's just fun. But I, I do tend to agree that I think running back success is more about the power of the line, um, you know, mm-hmm. and scheme more than anything else, because you'll see teams that, you know, they line up one of their wide receivers and, and uh, they'll take they'll take a ball, you know, they'll run or they'll have the quarterback like they'll, you'll do seeing things out of the wildcat or you'll just see things where the quarterbacks will scramble. It's just the it has to be about the line. You know, it can't be about a player because they want to do so much more on the, on offense to keep the other team guessing. And it's become such a passing league. It's kind of ironic. It's become such a passing league that, like, it devalues the running back, but it also means that they have to be more creative with how they run the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, with that, um, you know, it devalues them, but it also it opens up more for them, you know, because, like, play action has become so vast. I mean, so popular in the league. It's, like, it's so valuable now. And Right. And it's 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 pretty it's been really it's been said lately that like you know you don't even really have to establish the run for successful play action right and so but and that's what's what's great about it is that running backs even though like we said they're devalued but they 
also they can create more, you know, they get more stats out right. of it. You know, they, they, if, if the, the receiving game, you know, the passing game is wide open, that gives them more opportunities. And, you know, and also, you know, whether that's in the receiving game or, you know, they're just not as, you know, there's not going to be eight men in the box because they got to cover all the receivers because it's a huge, it's passing league. But, I mean, I think, like you said, those versatile guys like McCaffrey and Barkley and Kamara who are great receivers, like who are just huge mismatches in the receiving game, it's just – and, they're you know, they're just elusive. It's – I mean, those guys I think are, I mean, for good reason, the most valuable. For sure. But, like, it's at some point, even at their at their peak value, where does that – compare to other positions you know like would that even compare to like a top 15 receiver like a top running back would that even compare to that like I'm not really even sure how to how to do positional value with a top running back you know yeah it's almost the the position is elevated and it's very important because they have to be able to have that skill set but the individual players matter less like because they're it's not as refined of a skill set. It used to be more more divided. Like you had to, if you wanted to be a receiver, you had to be, you know, there were a couple of routes you could go. You could be a, a, a technical guy or you could be just a burner and you just had to have good hands, you know. But with a with a running back, it was more of a power game where you had to be able to, uh, you know, have a little bit of that elusiveness, but also be able to break tackles and be able to get yards after contact. But nowadays it's kind of like they're both have to do a little bit more of both. You know, you've got running backs doing more receiving like we talked about you also have wide receivers that have to be more physical and you got guys like Debo Samuel and AJ Brown they're seeing a lot of success because they can you know get the ball and then they can make plays after which has always been a thing but it's just kind of like there's less there's more of a blending of of what the positions do Mm -hmm. yeah I get that what what do you think Derek you got anything to say on that yes I mean I think you guys I think we're all pretty close in the same opinion that running back is definitely important. Are they the engine of the team? I don't know. I mean, if you have a CMC or a Barkley, then yeah, obviously they are because you have to use them because of how good they are and the talent that's there. But I think it comes down to the running back room in its entirety. Like look at San Francisco and Kansas City. Yes, Kansas City is an anomaly. They have Mahomes. So you got to kind of skew that a little bit, but you know, Tyreek Hill was out a lot last year. Behind Tyreek Hill, I mean, who'd they have catching the ball? Sammy Watkins? Michael Hardman, I mean, yeah. Not, not, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there wasn't – they didn't have a stacked wide receiver room, but their wide right. receivers were still successful because they had a killer running back rotation. So if the running backs are opening up, you know, if the running backs, the defense has to be prepared to stop the run when you have a rotation and you never know – who they're going to rotate in on any given play. So you're opening up bigger lanes for the wide receivers. San Francisco is the same way. So I think it comes more down to the running back room itself is I would almost want to live and say, that's the engine of the team. Granted can't go against what Mike said with the offensive line. The offensive line is your team. But when you're talking about outside of the offensive line and, and producing skill positions, skill position producers i think it's the running back room as a whole if you don't have good running back a good room like i mean let's go use we'll use Le'Veon bell bell is was the you know one of the greats a few years ago but he dropped off the past two years well past year because he only played one more year so you had to go then build 
a better running back room because the depth behind him was horrible. So now you have Bell, Frank Gore, and I don't know, the other guys, the, like, the younger guys still there. So maybe that creates a more dangerous one-two punch that's going to open up some wide relie- wide receiver lanes and help yeah. Sam Darnold out some. Who knows? So I think it's more of the running back room as a whole is more of the engine of the offense than just a single running back per se, except with the exceptions of like your CMC and Zeke yeah. and Barkley and those guys. Well, I see but, it sort of like I, like I hear what you're saying. I think that Mike touched on it a little bit. I, th- I feel like personally I see it more as like, you know, the, like the teams you mentioned, for instance, like San Francisco, Kansas City, like they do – they like their running games do work. But I, I personally see it sort of the reverse where it's like, you know, their coaches, first of all, like Andy Reid and, and, and Kyle Shanahan, they're like offensive gurus, right? Like they just – they know exactly – they know how to get the most out of their running backs. Um, and also they have great, great offensive lines. So I think that like, you know, you can put – any running back in there, which is why like they do succeed without like the Barclays or the, or the CMCs because it's like, like the rotation. Sure. I get what you're saying, but it's just like, um, I just feel like you could, you could just plug in any guy, which almost, which, which kind of helps the theory a little bit. I mean, obviously it's like, there are more valuable running backs than others, like we said, but, but just that, like that scheme, you know, when Damian Williams was somewhere else or, you know, Raheem Mostert, when there are other places, they were nobody. But then they get into these higher, you know, better schemed offenses with better offensive lines, and then all of a sudden they're producers. And it's just like I feel like that's a like their production and and their their role is more a product of it rather than them producing for like the other way around, like the way you said. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I can yeah. see that too. Yeah. But um. So I just I think it's just really interesting, like we're talking about that, like the difference between you know like in fantasy running back is king, right? Unless you're doing like multiple QB, like then it, it's probably pretty pretty similar, you know, quarterback and running back in a two QB league. But like running back is so super valuable in, in fantasy, and then in real life, it's like borderline the least valuable position, right? Like potentially, I mean, like it. it yeah. I guess it depends on how you look at it because, like, Derek, obviously, in some cases, like, you know, not necessarily the specific running back, but, you know, certain people still see it, which is fine. Like, it's not like – I'm not saying Derek's wrong. It's just, you know, people just have those different, you know, perspectives of the game where he might not see it as the least valuable position, but still it's just clearly not as valuable as in fantasy where it's just they are – if you don't have depth at running back, you're you're screwed. Yeah, I agree with that statement completely. Yeah, I said, I mean – Outside of your top echelon running backs, unlike in fantasy where you okay you you miss on the top three or four, you're still gonna have a good day running a Nick Chubb or a Dalvin Cook or mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. Whereas in real fantasy, if I'm not sitting on Zeke Barkley CMC or even Kamara, I'd rather have a good, well-rounded. <laughs> set of running backs that can't or or like you said or someone who can scheme mm-hmm. them properly versus having right. the home run hitter so yeah i definitely agree there i wouldn't say i wouldn't i'd agree your assessment of me was was pretty much spot on. i wouldn't say they're the least valuable out of the offense but they're definitely not as valuable as they were mm-hmm. a handful of years right. ago That's well sure. okay so i mean now i mean we, we so we did a three and out draft right like um we were going to do it live like we usually did but you know we started a couple of days ago and we ended up doing it offline 
um, off the air. And so I feel like this is probably like a good place to start talking about it. You know, we can kind of go in and out because, because, uh, you know, like we talked about just now, I clearly see running backs as a much less valuable position than Derek does. And so I want to talk about the first round of our draft. You know, we, we decided to do a three and out draft where we're going to draft um, a team, like say there's, it's like a dispersal draft, right? It's, you, we're going to start like a sort of a foundation of a, of a football team, like a real, a real football team. This is not fantasy, but say you get to pick a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, a tight end, a defensive lineman, a defensive back, and a linebacker to sort of as keystone pieces for a real football team. Like, if you, But you can only take one from each division. Just a little caveat to make it a little tougher. But we kind of wanted to see how each person would, would draft a, a real-life real life team, like the cornerstones of a real-life team. And Derek had the first overall pick. Derek, who'd you take? So this this was unfortunately not the best three and out to have the first overall pick because it was honestly a hard choice. I mean, the obvious pick here for me was either, which again, I'm curious to hear Mike's explanation of his first round pick in a minute. Um, but for me, I thought it was between running back and QB. And I was down between CMC, Mahomes, mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson. Um, after looking, and I don't know if you mentioned it, Ian, um, I was looking through my notes. We The caveat to the three and out two was that we had to take one right. person for yeah. each division. Right. I, I, yeah, I didn't rebuild. mention that. And that's, and yeah, so, okay. I mean, so obviously, and that's, which is, again, another really interesting thought on this because by taking, well, no, you still haven't said who you took. So, so for me, I was comfortable missing on Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson because with it being a snake draft, I knew you two would take at least each of them before it came back around to me in the second round. So I wanted to go and get CMC, who I believe is truly the best athlete and player Mm. in the NFL right now. Hands down, no questions asked. You can build a monster team around CMC. Um, Now, if we would have been doing more depth at these positions, because we just did one running back, one QB, two wide receivers, kind of like a standard starting roster. If we were going to go into more depth with our teams, my draft Mm might have been different and I might have taken Mahomes first. But given the fact that the focus was the cornerstones and the foundational players, I wanted to lock in who I thought would be the biggest difference maker out of all the players on the board. Cause I was comfortable with some of the other back end QBs yeah, that I'd be right. able to choose. I, I think that even, <clears throat> I mean, not to, you know, make an argument for you, but I think that it's smart to take somebody like CMC because he proved in real life football that he could do it without the help of a great quarterback. Um, I mean, their line isn't, wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, it wasn't the best line. And he did, he did amazing things. He carried that team. Whereas somebody like Mahomes, he he also you know was was great without a with a line without a line, but but he the disparity between quarterbacks is similar in the league, I think, to what it is in, in fantasy. Obviously, there are better quarterbacks, but I mean, honestly, I think it's even more so in real life football that there's a there's a closer gap between quarterbacks, and it becomes more about you know just smarts and your line and stuff like that and scheme coaching scheme because you saw teams that had their backup quarterbacks come in, but because their coaching staff was competent and their line was good and their other skill position players were good, that they could still win games. 
And so I think CMC is like the, you know, he's a prototypical game breaker. Like he is somebody that can make a difference even if with no help. So I think, I think, I think it's a great pick for, for a franchise. Sure. Um, so, um, and, and I don't know if I entirely mentioned, you know, the, uh, the whole thought process on the, on the draft, because I, I guess I should also mention that we didn't take contracts into account, but we did take age into account. So, you know, there are very few older players picked in this because this is sort of like, you know, building a roster that will exist going forward if we actually work to compete. So, you know, McCaffrey's still fairly young, you know, um, which is so, you know, it's uh, again, it's just it, it honestly it threw me off. Like, I really was not expecting that at all. And and maybe that's just from my own personal philosophies of the running back position in real life is that never in a million years. I, I don't care which running back it is. I, I couldn't do it. And that's, I mean, that's great that you do. And obviously I love that we have different perspectives because our draft is more interesting that we do have different perspectives, but I couldn't in a million, I, like I took running back. I, I took him second to last only because of the way the draft fell. And because I knew which tight end I wanted and you guys already had yours. So, I mean, that's later, but like, if it, if it had nothing to do with like the, the, the division stuff, running back would be my last pick every time. Yeah. Interesting. It, it's funny because I think Ian even messaged me after I made my pick and said, Hey, you are paying attention. You're well, overdoing, see, I, right? I did. I did. Something I did. On that line. I, like, you right, that I didn't want to be before? condescending. Like, I, I swear, like, when you did that, like, because, you know, we, we talked about the draft beforehand and I, you know, we talked about it being a real life draft. And, you know, we usually do fantasy drafts. So part of me was thinking, okay, CMC is like the 101 in fantasy. So, like, perhaps, like, maybe you just – you did do that. But, I mean, I love that you took him. I, I mean, that's – it's an interesting pick. Creates a ton of conversation. I love the perspectives here. I just couldn't be me personally. Yeah. Right. Um, so, second pick. Yeah, second I pick. I did take Patrick Mahomes. Um, and that's, see, for me – he is the like you know how you feel like CMC is like that guy that foundational best player in the league type can do it all no matter what. That's me with Patrick Mahomes where it's like if the league started over today and every team got to redraft, I think Patrick Mahomes, regardless of who the coach is, whatever, I think Patrick Mahomes is the top pick thirty-two times out of thirty-two. Sure, and I could definitely yeah, see that. and uh, and that's how I, I mean I feel. Like that, and, and honestly, I feel like if that were to happen, and I could be wrong, Christian McCaffrey could be higher pick. I mean, there are still those coaches out there and organizations who do value running backs really highly. I mean, I feel like um, John Gruden, right, the Raiders. I feel like if they had the opportunity, you know, if if t- you know tenth overall and 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 Christian McCaffrey's there, and knowing what they know, maybe they would take him over a quarterback. You know, it's it's not impossible. Um, I mean. I definitely was honestly between Mahomes and McCaffrey. And if I would have gone Mahomes, I would have probably been eyeballing Barkley or Zeke as my running back, still sticking with the thought of I wanted that workhorse mm-hmm. right. cornerstone. But I definitely feel CMC edges over Mahomes just a little bit as the best player okay. available right now. And Mike, who was your first round pick? So I was at the turn. So I did have the um, the benefit of knowing, you know, I would get another pick immediately following. Otherwise I probably wouldn't have done what I did, but I did intentionally stack them the way that it's. So I first took Aaron Donald in the first round. 
because I feel mm-hmm. like he is unquestionably the best defensive player in the league. Um, yes. I, I mean, his contract says it, his play yeah. says it, uh, he's consistent, you know, he's, he's just amazing. He's very good. And I feel like what you guys are saying pretty much rings true here that I wanted to take somebody that you could build a team around somebody that would make plays regardless of the help that he was given. Um, you know, mm-hmm. And I feel like Aaron Donald is kind of a, an easy choice in that department and that there's not a lot of other standouts, um, you know, that, that, I feel like it's not – I don't want to equate it too much to fantasy, but it's like a a positional superiority thing where I know that I can get other players that I like in some of the other positions, but I wanted Aaron Donald more than any other lineman, you know, and that was an easy choice for me. But I did also have the knowledge that I would have the first pick of the second round, and so I'll go ahead and I I took Lamar Jackson there knowing that I also Mm -hmm. wanted a centerpiece quarterback, you know, somebody that was – I'm going to be able to carry the, the offensive side of things. Um, if it had been a, a linear draft where I didn't have an immediate pick, I might have I might have taken Lamar Jackson there instead of Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, Aaron Donald to me, like I was really hoping he – because I, I wanted Aaron Donald because uh, I feel the same exact way as you do about him. And um, and I've thought about this for you. I've had conversations before. Uh, like I said a minute ago, you know, if the if – the, if the NFL started over, redraft, all the players were in a pool, and 32 teams got to pick, you know, snake draft. I, you know, to me, I feel like the first 15 or 16 picks are probably quarterbacks, personally, like sure. regardless of, you know. But then, like, I always, in, in my mind, and maybe it's just my, you know, sort of biased philosophy, I think Aaron Donald would and should be the first non-quarterback taken. Sure. Because he's so disruptive. Like, because Aaron Donald, you know – as opposed, you know, he's a pass rusher, but, you know, he's interior. And, you know, getting pressure on a quarterback, you know, getting getting sacks and everything, it's like it's way tougher to do from the interior, but he does it even better. And he's more disruptive than edge defenders who have an easier path to the quarterback. But you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I, I'm totally on board with you, Mike. Like, I love the Aaron Donald pick. I wish he fell to me two picks, but, I mean – uh, that's where I'm at. Well, what do you so? And you said you found it interesting, Derek. So, what, what do you think about that? I was just, I don't know. I was caught off guard by the defensive pick, um, right off. I mean, I can't argue your fact that Aaron Donald is probably one of, if not the top defensive player, at least top five. I was, I figured he'd go in the top two or three rounds. I was just a little surprised that he went in the first. It just mm-hmm. surprised me a little bit. I figured. Lamar Jackson or uh, a running back would come next from Mike, one or the other, which again, you could almost interchange Donald and Jackson because Mike had the back, sure. you know, back-to-back picks, but um, I was just I was yeah, a and little I was, surprised right. by that. Just, I mean, again, not knocking his ability and where he ranks. Cause I agree with you. Had he been available to me, I would have probably even taken him too and another yeah. round or two. Um but just, uh, I also think it's important to note that while this is, you know, uh, what we believe a best, the best NFL team you could build would be, it is still you're still playing that draft game, and 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 teams try to do it. And so you had already taken a running back, and I knew that you weren't going to take another one, um, you know. And and whether Ian took one or two, it didn't really matter. That first year, McCaffrey's already gone. I didn't. It didn't matter to me if I got running back one or running back. I mean, running back two or three, if that makes sense. So I that opens mm-hmm. up 
the ability yeah. to be like, okay, well, I don't need to go running back here because obviously I can't get the top guy in that position. So as much as it's not a fantasy draft, you still are playing that game with who you think will come back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so that brings up another conversation to me um, uh, since, since we started into the defensive side of the ball is uh, I've had, like I said, that conversation I've had about, uh, you know, a full NFL redraft. I've heard, you know, Aaron Donald, I think would be, would be that first non QB, but the, the other, the most, the more common one I've heard is pe- people think Jalen Ramsey, right? Um, uh, because, you know, people think he's like the most valuable um, defensive back, most valuable sa- um, corner because he's, he's, you know, one of the top and he's young, you know, he's, he's established himself as, you know, on a rookie contract, one of the best corners in the league. Um, so, people might consider him to be, you know, the, the, and, and I just wonder how you guys feel about this, like um, value wise pass rush versus coverage, right? Because, you know, they obviously to have both, like maybe the, the, the 49ers do, for instance, um, like that's, that's amazing to have, but like, you know, which would you rather have on your team? Would you rather have, and maybe Mike answered that with his Aaron Donald pick, but which would you, which would you value more like, you know, that, that quarterback disruption that throws off his, you know, throws off his passing game or, you know, maybe a more middling pass rush, but a, a a more elite coverage unit that can still stop the receivers. Right. Like, I mean, I definitely, I definitely think I did answer that with my pick. I think that, um, you know, it's just a matter of like tears and, and priority that your pass rush affects your coverage. If you don't have good pass rush, then it doesn't matter if you have the best DBs in the world, they're going to wear out because your quarterback's going to have the quarterback's going to have all day and they're going to be running all over the field. And it's just going to be a lot harder on them. Whereas if you have an efficient pass rush, you, even if you don't have the, the top corners and safeties in the league, you, they're going to have an easier time because half the time, you know, if you've got an Aaron Donald, the quarterback's either on the ground or having a scramble or he's going to have to hand it off. And it, it just, it's the first line of defense. And I think it, it, it all kind of mm-hmm. trickles through that. Right. And, and I can see that too, especially because Aaron Donald's also an elite run defender. Right. So, I mean, I, I could definitely see that too. What, what about you, Derek? What do you think about that? The well, I, I definitely agree. The disruptive front, is the more important more important position. However, I would caveat that by taking it a step backwards and taking it to the middle range of the field with sure, the linebacker sure. position. I see a disruptive top-end linebacker who also has coverage ability and can pull in those interceptions as even more valuable than a yeah. disruptive linebacker. So that's why I say for me, Aaron Donald's probably top five. And I put him just behind. He's probably number one mm-hmm. line for sure. But I put him just behind a couple of yeah. linebackers, yeah. in my opinion. I, I would rather have a bit more of a mix than having the true hard-nosed sure, defensive lineman. So you get kind of a I think I think the main the thing that uh, would make me lean line before linebacker would just be because that it seems like there's more talent in the linebackers that coming uh, that are coming into the NFL these days. Um, I mean, not to not to, not to say Definitely anything against there. linemen, but it's just it's uh, I think it's viewed more as like less of a skill position. You know, you just need a big body and you need to have good hands. You need to have strong hands and uh, mm. you know, but it's it's not 
Whereas linebacker is, and, and even, even just from like a human perspective, like linebacker is definitely the glory position. And so I think a lot of guys coming up that you want to be a linebacker, you want to make the, you want to make the plays and stuff like that. But uh, I think that I, I, I would say the same thing where I knew, I mean, I wanted the guy that you took at linebacker. I think we all probably would have, but I knew <laughs> that I could get a linebacker that I liked and I had, I had something. And, and uh, you know, just to be, just to be fair too, we also had the uh, division consideration to take in, uh, in all of this, you know, like if I wanted a guy from a certain division, I had to not take someone else. And so to get a running back or a wide receiver or a tight end that I wanted, I couldn't take another player from that same division. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where my, my DB kind of fell that way too. Toward the end was I had to settle more or less. I wanted other positions everywhere else, yeah. but um, and I, well, who'd you take for your second pick? Um, well, uh, with Ian? my second pick, um, I'm gonna pull the draft board back up real quick. Um, I was gonna say real quick before we go on to that, um, is that when we're talking about um, linebackers, um, is that you know when you mentioned a cover, good coverage linebacker, is honestly for a good portion of the draft, I thought about adjusting my strategy around getting Joe Schobert because because of that Uh, and honestly i mean maybe that's a little bit of brown's bias maybe he's not as good as i'm you know to honestly to to design my draft around him but just like i mean to have a he's a good he's a good coverage linebacker he was he's one of my favorite linebackers so me too and and he uh (laughs) obviously now with what with what division he's in i would be insane to take him over darius leonard which i know we'll talk about in a minute but like i mean after Darius Leonard's taken, Joe Schobert was – he was kind of top for me. And that might also partially be because the AFC South, at all the positions we're picking from, honestly, I found it to be the weakest. But um, but anyway, so my second pick, um, my second-round pick, I picked Miles Garrett. Um, so I, I wrestled with that a little bit, thought about going more offense, you know, giving Patrick Mahomes a – big a, a solid receiver um you know i thought maybe i could give him De- like imagine you know deandre hopkins um deandre hopkins and and patrick mahomes together right be insane or whoever um but at the end of the day i think i just before it got to Derek, i really wanted an elite pass rusher and i mean miles garrett to me is the easy choice i think miles garrett's like a top three pass rusher in the league I mean, I saw a stat the other day. I think it was 17 – he had led the league by far with like 17% pressure rate last year. Um, so, I mean, it's just insane what, what he can do, like disrupting the passing game. So, I mean, again, could be Brown's bias, but I think – because I took him over Khalil Mack, which, you know, could be controversial to some people. But, but Miles Garrett, I just – I had to take him, you know. Yeah, no, understandable. We kind of can't argue um, that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's not really too much discussed. You know, since we just kind of finished the topic about, you know, that was pretty pass rush heavy. But um, but so yeah. what, who did you take in your second round? And so for me, you guys kind of made it easy because you each got a quarterback and a defensive lineman, so I don't have to worry about that till the end of the draft. However, ignoring that fact, I already knew going into the draft that I was probably targeting linebacker as my second pick. I wanted my running back cornerstone for the offense. And I wanted my cornerstone for my defense, be my linebacker. Um, I 
toyed around with it back and forth a little bit about who I wanted. Um, for me, it ended up coming it, the division thing took into consideration because I knew who I wanted for one of my wide receivers. So I couldn't take the wide receiver I wanted and take Jalen Smith or Van Der Esch mm. from the Cowboys because I think both of them are also monster linebackers and would love to have had either one of them. So eliminating those two, my pick for linebacker was fairly easy. And it was Darius mm-hmm. Leonard, hands down, who I think is the best linebacker in the league. Um, so I said, had I not wanted the wide receiver that I wanted to target, I might have had to have toyed around with my decision a little bit easier. But for me, Darius Leonard, I got him for the cornerstone of my defense, and he will be for the next mm-hmm. five for sure. years. Um, so then we've, we've kind of talked – defense, running backs, and QBs. So I broke the mold and went into a new position. And I went with my third pick with a tight end. Um, So my thought process here now, knowing that I missed on Mahomes, I missed on Lamar Jackson, I was going to be left with one of the not-so-elite. Granted, Russell Wilson was still there. However... I'll get into my reasoning of why I didn't take Russell Wilson in a second. Um, I wanted, it was pretty much came down to, I knew I wanted to give a good solid tight end target for my QB. Cause going back to who do you think the engine is of the offense? I think tight end probably ranks above wide receivers really? personally. Um, I think if you have a, all-around, big-bodied, blocking tight end who's a freak of nature and can catch the ball and make plays, I rank him above any wide receiver. Man, Jason Witten has blinded you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Um, So for me, I knew I wanted – I was targeting Travis Kelsey or George Kittle the whole time for my tight end. And it came down to me was taking Kittle Mm because he was a little bit younger. And again, we're building for the next five to 10 years. So unfortunately, that did eliminate the option of Russell Wilson. Um, So again, I was kind of something that I accepted losing a better QB. But again, I started as I was continuing my draft, I got into the mindset of, hey, if I build my team well enough, I could QB the darn thing and still win games. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But, you know, (laughs) um, so for me... I, I think tight end is almost one of the most is one of the most important positions uh, right. on the offense. I think so. I went with Kittle as obviously Kittle was my pick for the third round. I think he's Gronk two point um, if not three I think he's even better than that. Um, now, if we were been doing a fantasy draft, I I've started after some of our episodes last year. We were talking about was it Kings of Consistency mm-hmm. and some of those guys. Um, it's changed my thoughts a little bit on waiting later for tight end. Um, however, in fantasy with the value that's still sitting there more than likely around when you're picking Kittle and Kelsey, I'm still perfectly happy with the Hunter Henry's and Darren mm-hmm. Waller's of sure. later rounds. But for real football, I wanted my big bodied beast of a tight end right so I and i think Kittle. on top of the division caveat i mean i think it's it's also pretty important to know just you know that there are just three of us drafting right like because yes, because that's... like you know mike 
Mike is notorious in our three and outs for taking tight end <laughs> high because I mean in our our draft pools like it the the top the top tight ends there's usually only one or two because we have caveats every week in our three and out draft so Mike tries to grab obviously the scarcest position possible it as early as possible uh, just to screw us out of getting them so um, my only reason so no I so no I totally get you um, Derek except. And before I say my pick, I'm going to be completely honest. And I, again, this is – it's a perspective thing. It's not me trying to say there's anything wrong with your strategy. It's just personally, those are the three least important positions to me that like – like honestly, <laughs> like those are the three that I was like, I don't care. I'll wait on those. I'll just like whichever three divisions I have left, I'll just – I'll sort through them to get the best of those three. But personally, I was like, I don't care to wait on those three at all really. Um, yeah, and I mean, like I said, you. I mean, you've got your perspective, your reasons for that, and I totally respect that. And I even I can agree with certain points because um, Kittle's Kittle's a monster. Um, so, I mean, I can't fault it really. I mean, your team turns out well, so you know, maybe maybe I'll have to rethink myself if I think you know I've got these such. I think <laughs> that oh, I have to do these certain positions, and then you have my reverse thought process and still come up with a decent team that could be potentially better than mine, depending on who you're talking to. Maybe it's just a value thing, you know? Um, yeah. I like how we all have, that's why I was, I was very, I, I was, I've been waiting all week to be able to have this discussion on our draft because our strategies were all mm-hmm. different. Unlike our normal three and out where we're just trying to outmaneuver each other. Right. Most of the time. <laughs> um, so this one, I, I feel like with this, with my pick, I did try to sort of go, you know, it was like you with linebacker and t- well, with all the positions you've taken, you were the first to take them. So like, that's what I felt like I had to do with my next one was I picked Jalen Ramsey um, because again, I wanted to do wide receiver kind of, but like that, like I brought up a minute ago, it's like pass rush versus coverage. And I'm like, you know, why not get a lead at both? Which you're gonna get a lead at both with only three people drafting, but like Jalen Ramsey, like I said, all those things about a minute ago, and Miles Garrett together, like as cornerstone pieces, like that's just you know, to me that's just undeniably like it's too good to pass up and I didn't want him to fall. Like I mean, Mike has the turn. He could easily take him from under me. And given what division he's in, like, I don't know that I'd take any other corner in his division, you know, in the, in the uh, NFC West. So it's like, based on just the divisional draft, I feel like I had to take him where I did. Um, so, yeah, so I, I jumped on him and I, I really did consider safety for a minute, honestly, um, since, we're, since the DB slot, I really did consider going maybe Jamal Adams or Derwin James. Um, cause you know, they're elite on, on multiple levels, but I don't know, just had to go with the elite, the elite corner there. Yeah, definitely a good pick. Can't fault you for it. Had he been there in a round or two, would probably have taken myself. So, uh, for me that it really, it really did become, I, I think the further it got, it became interesting. Like the first couple of rounds were our strategies kind of shown through, but then I think after that, it became a game of like, what divisions do I have? If somebody else takes my player, then can I pivot in that division? So, mm-hmm. but at this point for me, the draft had kind of just fallen my way and nobody had taken a wide receiver. 
Um, and so I took Michael Thomas. I, I felt like that was a, a really easy no brainer um, wide receiver, you know, who is, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like you can say somebody like a, like a DeAndre Hopkins or something like that might be up there. It's really hard to compare guys that aren't on the same team. And I know recently they were comparing to each other, you know, but you've seen Michael Thomas do it all. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's good in no matter what the coverage is. He is great after the catch. Um, you know, he can line up pretty much anywhere. He's not a burner like some of those other guys, but he's just a very, very solid, like, if you need help, if your quarterback needs help, he's your, he's your best friend. And I feel like that is uh, one one reason that I, I kind of I kind of agree with what Derek was saying about how tight end is more important in real football than, than wide receiver, only because generally they end up being um, just more versatile with the blocking and – you know, being a safety valve, uh, they can they can run block for, you know, they can play H back or anything like that. Just there's a lot that can be done with the tight end, and I feel like the reason that they, so many teams that make Super Bowl runs or that are just known as like dynasty teams, like that, you know, in real real football, like they're they're strong dynasties. They almost always have like a superstar tight end. I think that mm-hmm. it's just an important role. And I think Michael Thomas kind of is that blend of like athleticism, um, but also technical ability. And I just, I, I really, I don't even know why I talked this long about it. I feel like it was kind of, a <laughs> it was a no brainer for me. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You got the oh, best no, I, I think, I think Can Michael I Thomas is the best receiver in the league. So you, you don't have to convince <laughs> me, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> Yeah, and yep, so then I was right the turn. Um, my next pick, I knew I could go. Um, you know, I hadn't taken my other two defensive positions. Don't have a tight end, uh, running back. I could also take my second wide receiver, but I figured at this point, um, it was actually kind of difficult um, because I didn't know if I wanted to risk like play the game of trying to get a tight end here before Ian took somebody, because like you guys just mentioned the tight end pool, even in, even, even in real football is kind of, you know, sparse. Um, right. So what finally made my decision for me, it also made my decision difficult was I wanted to get somebody from the NFC East before it was too vultured because ironically, like I, I know that Derek will be excited to hear this opinion, but like they, they have a lot of really strong players <laughs> in that division, yeah. um, especially offensive, mm. um, which is crazy because it's, it, it it's, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rabbit trail here for a minute. It speaks to a point I was thinking about earlier when Derek was talking about why, he believes that, you know, there there are those guys running back specifically was what he was talking about, like Christian McCaffrey or, or Derrick Henry or Zeke and all these guys that can carry a team. And it kind of brings up an interesting point that it's more that teams tend to scheme around their best players. Um, and I think that that kind of shows through. And so it doesn't even matter if the, the team is necessarily strong. You can find success if you play to your strength. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of evident in that division because you don't you don't necessarily have a lot of very strong teams, which is funny to say because you know the Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but mm-hmm. you do have a lot of really strong players, right? Um, and and so I decided yeah. I wanted to go running back because you know that I don't know I feel like even even 
last year, maybe this year because of last year's showing and because of the the upset in their in their the transition in their team, the Giants aren't as strong of a team. But I think even still, just talking pure talent, Saquon Barkley has to be in the conversation of oh yeah, you know, potential best best running back in the league. Like McCaffrey showed that he doesn't deserve to be talked about the way that he was. I think he just, everybody, nobody thought he could do it, carry a team, but Saquon is just to the ability to get Saquon here and have that as a foundational piece where kind of like what we talked about, the position of running back is super is important. Whereas the players may not be, but you can get a player that can carry you, um, which he definitely did in games for the giants. I, I just mm. felt like that was really good value to be able to take Saquon and, uh, you know, just not have to worry about that position for a couple of years. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, that was a good pick. And unfortunately, as a Cowboys fan, I do have to admit that this year I do think Barkley has leaped Zeke on my running back ranking board. Not necessarily talent-wise for my belief. I still think Zeke might be a little bit better athlete in talent. But I think because now with the Cowboys draft and adding CeeDee Lamb, there's just right. a ton of Agreed. weapons in Dallas. So it's not he's not going to be fed quite as much as he was the past couple of years. Unlike Barkley, it's right. you know, Barkley. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, and a bunch of you know, not to knock their wide receivers, but a bunch of haphazard wide receivers, you know. So, yeah, I mean, and, and on top of that, I mean, Tony Pollard's a good receiving back as opposed to Saqu- Saquon. Saquon's yeah, alone in that backfield. He's not He's not getting yeah. – losing any touches. So, um, yeah. It's about, um, about, yeah. Which, real football-wise, makes me very happy because it's going to save some tread wear on Zeke for the next couple of years and we'll get to use him longer. But fantasy-wise – yeah. wasn't too thrilled as far as for Zeke's value. He fell a few knocks on the right. on my and board. Honestly, Mike, like, I mean, you know, since we're doing this division-based, like, honestly, you can't go wrong picking a running – you're waiting to pick a running back from that division. I mean, just the fact that Zeke, Saquon, and Miles Sanders are all in that division, it's like, you know, you've, you've got your pick of the litter. I mean, it's funny that you were the only one that picked a running back from that division. And honestly, I think it's even funnier looking at our draft board that nobody picked a cowboy at all, um, even Derek. But uh, it hurt me. It hurt me. Don't don't rub. I'm it just in. saying. And I mean, because because you know, I picked I picked a Brown. You know, I picked Miles Garrett, and Mike picked Michael Thomas. So you know, maybe it was like slight Homer in a way. I mean, even though we kind of agree how elite they are. But just like I honestly was kind of surprised you ended up not picking a uh, cowboy eventually. But anyways, um, it, it all boiled down to my wide receiver pick. I knew who I knew which at least one of my two wide receivers. I knew who I wanted, and that prevented me from taking any cowboy. And I love your first wide receiver pick. We'll talk about it in just a second because I, it was interesting <laughs> and totally caught me off guard. I don't disagree with it necessarily, but I did not expect it. But um. But anyway, so my pick, fourth round, just after Saquon, I went linebacker. I ended up just stacking my defense. Um, I, don't, I don't know why it felt the right thing to do, maybe because wide receiver, you know, I knew I was going to wait on running back and tight end. And that wide receiver, since I need two of them, I feel like I could just sort of wait another since not many had been taken at the time. Um, 
so I went with Demario Davis, uh, Saints linebacker, um, which I feel like the the NFC South picks are kind of interesting, right? I mean, the NFC South is so stacked with so many skill positions that, you know, the fact that, you know, Christian McCaffrey, he was Derek, so that took all the receivers off the board and all the, you know, the, the quarterback talent down there. They're older, so I guess that's kind of not fair. But, um, but just, you know, taking a linebacker out of that division seems maybe questionable. But, I mean, I think DeMario Davis is elite, maybe one of the best linebackers in the league, like easily. Um, but, I mean, Mike, do you have any insight, perspective on him? And Because, you know, he's a saint, so I figure maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely agree that he is, he is one, of, one of my favorite linebackers to watch. Um, I think real football-wise, you have to talk about some intangibles too. And not only is he very, a very smart player, but he's also a leader on the team. He's a leader on the defense, and I think that, that plays a big part. Um, in you know, in real football, like we don't always consider that kind of thing in fantasy. But if I were to select pieces for my defense to be cornerstones, I'd want guys that would be able to elevate the play of everybody around them. And I definitely mm-hmm. believe that he's he's that kind of guy. Um, yeah. And you know, like not just blown smoke because it's a homer pick, but I, I definitely do agree. And I think one thing I wanted to mention, and this is a good segue to it sort of towards the middle of this, we kind of all had to jump at those like guys that we like in certain divisions because after a couple have been taken off the board by us, you know where you kind of want to go with some of those other positions. But if all it takes is one pick where somebody takes the guy you wanted and you now, you know, you have to pivot in that division and otherwise you'd have to rewrite your whole board. You know, I I don't know. I'm explaining that super clearly, but it, it just could easily skew it to where if you have a guy that you know you want in a division, then you either have to make sure that you get him or you have to make sure that you get decent – you have decent options in the other divisions in case you have to mm-hmm. pivot there. Uh, right. So I, I totally respect getting your guy out of a division that, you know, it may have seemed less obvious, but if you knew that you could get a guy that you wanted from a different division, then, you know, I, I think it's I think it's valid. Right, and and I think you know he brings value to all levels of the field, coverage, uh, run defense, pass rush, all that. But um, but you're right. I mean, honestly, it came down to getting my guy. But also, you know, that was about the time when I stopped just picking the top talent, like you said. You know, like I went with like my top quarterback, my top everybody. I like Demar Davis may not be like my top linebacker in the league, but you know, once I had you know five six divi- five divisions left. I had to look at what do those other divisions have to offer right. in terms of linebacker, in terms of the wide receivers I haven't picked yet. And so, like, you know, I hadn't picked from the AFC South yet, right? And I was looking at wide receiver down there, and I'm like, man, I, there's only one guy I like down there. So I plan to get one of the AFC South receivers. Mm-hmm. And he got taken from uh-huh. me, right? He, <laughs> he got sniped. So we'll talk about that later, but it ended up, like you were saying, like <laughs> since we're on the topic, screwed my entire board up because I planned five rounds out, like the rest of my draft board, assuming you guys wouldn't take it, and it got taken the next round, and I had to pivot completely. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's it, honestly, it was, it was hard to, to figure out what I was going to do from there because I had to not just change the player. I had to change the positions in each division 
and hope that it landed well. Right. So, and so, yeah, that, that absolutely happened to me. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of glad I got to Mario Davis where I did, because those other divisions, I wasn't as high on the linebackers as compared to the other positions. So, so that, that's where I end up with him. Uh, so now last pick of the fourth round, Derek, your interesting wide receiver pick. <laughs> so for me, I think Mike, you hit the situation spot on. I knew who I wanted for one of my wide receivers and I was okay. Cause I had an idea of where I was going with my DB. And again, I could wait to the absolute end for my linemen and my QB. Cause you guys already had yours. And I kind of already had ideas of who I wanted for those positions. So it already, it left me with, you know, two divisions left essentially for wide receivers. And one of them, like I said, I knew who I wanted. And the other one being the AFC, um, the AFC North, which is just filled with wide receivers. I was not worried about, Oh, if you guys picked one of them, then I can just take one of the other ones. It Mm -hmm. wasn't a big deal. Um, So I went after who I wanted. So I kind of almost drafted my WR two before my WR one in this aspect. Um, And I went with who I think is one of the, best upcoming wide receiver talents and for me i'm my draft strategy is normally a bit more tried and true if you've played a couple years that's who i want because i know you're more than likely not going to let me down but given the fact that i'd already built around cmc and george kittle i felt like i could take a little bit more of a risk with my wide receivers um so that's why i went with uh uh, scary Terry. I, I couldn't pass him up. I think he's one of the hottest up and coming wide receivers in the league right now. Um, I mean, he's just, he's got a huge ceiling. Um, granted, we got to think about this, not fantasy wise, this ceiling with Haskins is probably a bit limited. Um, so you got to think about it as we keep saying, you know, rebuild uh, or reset. Um, so with a, a better, QB, his ceiling is unknown, really, in my belief. Um, so I wanted, I wanted him bad, and I had him had had he had a bullseye on my board the entire time, and I was just waiting for the right spot mm-hmm. to take him. Um, so I definitely went and got my guy. You know, the first four rounds went exactly pretty much how I wanted them to. I kind of had them planned out. You guys didn't mess me up at all, so it was kind of working nicely in my favor so far. Right on. No, it's. I mean, it's a. It's a very interesting pick to me. It's. It's. It's not bad at all. I love Terry McLaurin. You know, I'm an Ohio State fan, so I love Terry McLaurin. And he, like you said, you know, since this is a reset, you know, it's. It's the whole Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum from last year. He was a. He stood out as a top receiver. He was what a third round pick stood out as a top receiver, even with those quarterbacks, and no other yeah. receiver help on the field to you know. To, to take away some of the, the coverage. So, I mean, honestly, it's it's not a bad pick. I it, it never even crossed my mind to take Scary Terry. But when I saw it, I was like, you know, honestly, I mean, age, talent, and, you know, with potentially, you know, you haven't had your quarterback yet. But, I mean, that's – it's really not a bad pick at all. It's, it's not something I consider, but I love it. Nice. Yeah, and not to mention, to boost him even more, he didn't have any running backs to open up his uh... – his wide receiver lanes either last year, you know, they're, I mean, not to knock Adrian Peterson because AP is still one of the greatest, but, um, you know, he's, he's getting up mm-hmm. there at age. So 
too many if you're a defense you're not too scared of ap nowadays um so definitely uh, he did a lot on his own last year so i definitely wanted him um so then i pivoted to my fifth round pick so ian had already gotten his db and i kind of after i picked terry mclaurin i was then mapping out my last four picks essentially and again, my last two picks, I could take them in any order that I wanted, really, because it didn't matter. Um, so it was either go and get my second wide receiver here or go and get my DB here. And I felt like, again, I already kind of knew which division I was taking my second wide receiver from. And I was OK if the guy that I kind of wanted didn't fall to me. I was OK taking one of the other ones. Um but I wasn't as comfortable missing on the DB. So I went ahead and took uh, Derwin James for my DB. Um, definitely, I don't think he's one of the top DBs in the league, but I definitely think, I mean, granted, he's only been in for, what, two years, and last year he battled mm-hmm. a lot of injuries. Um, I definitely think the talent's there for sure. Um, so I took a bit of risk with him. I think he's there if he can stay healthy. Um, now, for real football wise, have we been drafting fantasy? I would have probably gone a little bit different and maybe instead of taking my wide receiver from the ASC North, gone and taken somebody like an Earl Thomas from the ASC North for my DB instead. Um, but given the fact that we're building a real team, I wanted to, I took Derwin James for my DB spot. Yeah. No, like I said, he was, uh, if I had gone safety instead of, uh, corner with my Jalen Ramsey pick like I was Derwin James or Jamal Adams were my only options like I I mean he may not be one of the top DBs but I mean top safeties easily for me like he's just across the board and an elite talent so I mean it's it's a it's a good pick for sure I gotta say Jamal Adams was probably the only player I didn't take that I actually kind of really wanted but I couldn't make him fit into my team with the other picks that I wanted to take so I, that's the I was to say that's probably the only player I left on the board that I kind of really right. wanted. Um, okay, so that brings me to my my fifth round pick, um, and this one I feel like could be interesting to some people. Um, it's just that it's the first it's the first AFC East pick, which I feel like along with the AFC South is probably the most shallow division. Like there's just not as much talent across the board, at least top end talent. Um, so sure. I had to figure out which which division and which position from those two that I really needed to take. And because it was the first AFC East pick and everyone still had at least one wide receiver left to take, I had to go wide receiver. And so I went Stefan Diggs here. Um, you know, luckily he's a bill now. Um, so I could take one from there. Uh, but, I mean – I think Stefan Diggs is really underrated. I think partially because of his fantasy production that he's underrated because, you know, he sometimes battles injuries and he's not always the most consistent guy in fantasy or whatever. But, um, but man, he, I think he's just – he's so good across the board. Like some people have referred to him as like Antonio Brown light like because he can do it all. Like he really can. Like he's uh, he's got good size. He's – he can. He's really good in contested catch situations. I want to say he led the league in contested catch rate last the last couple of years, even. And he's a great route runner. Um, he's just got his instincts are insane. So I feel like I had to get a good receiver. And similar to what you said, Derek is. I only went him first. He was like my wide receiver two option 
but I went him first only because of the AFC East thing, and I knew I wanted an NFC North receiver next, and I knew I could get one even if I, one of them was taken. So, um, so yeah, I went with Stephon Diggs as my first receiver. Yeah, definitely a good receiver yeah. pick. Um, can't fault you with that one. I was eyeballing him at the beginning of the draft, and you know, we're, I'm sure we all sat there for a few minutes trying to make a tentative roadmap for what we wanted to try to do, and he popped in and out of my conscience a mm-hmm. few times, but didn't quite make it far enough up the right. list for me. So, Mike, where here's your your pick, you jerk. What is your what's your fifth round pick? Yeah, I think this was what the one. One of, there was two snipes, I think, in this whole draft, like two true snipes, and this was mm-hmm. the first one. <laughs> so my pick here uh, was a product of what we've kind of just all been talking about and that I didn't – I was looking at the divisions I had left to pick from and the positions that I had left to pick to fill my team, and I knew that I didn't really love any of the players um, – in the AFC South, I uh, didn't want uh, – Darius Leonard was already gone. He was like the – you know, I did consider going um, Bernardrick McKinney, McKinney in, uh, from Houston, mm-hmm. but yep. I knew I needed another wide receiver, and I think we're all pretty high on, on this guy. I knew – I saw that A.J. Brown was still available, and I was like I would love to have a team that consisted of Michael Thomas and – AJ Brown being thrown on the same team as Saquon and Lamar Jackson. So I, yeah, I, I took AJ Brown. Um, that's a stack. That's a stacked offense for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it's, it opens up the field in every possible way. I mean, that's, it's undeniable, but like we said a second ago, that's the first snipe or probably well, maybe the first snipe, but it was, de- it definitely was a snipe though, because like I said, I've mapped out my last four, and he was my he's going to be my next pick um because i thought afc south was so shallow that i was going to take him from the afc south and then take my running back from the nfc north which was going to be dalvin cook but since you took aj brown i had to pivot my the rest of my draft board completely right yeah hmm. i totally get it um and then you know that that also factors in i'm at i'm at the turn here and i know i can pick again and I, um, I knew also that you guys both had the only positions I had left at this point were my second wide receiver, my tight end, and my DB and my linebacker, which you guys both already had yours. So I knew that I could play the game and just take whoever I wanted at those two positions without having to think about, you know, if you guys took who I wanted because they were you just already had your, your guys. So um, I knew mm-hmm. that I needed to go tight end here following that. Um, and I decided that since I couldn't get Derwin James, which was actually my consideration for um, my DB, that I would go with Hunter Henry, um, who I feel like, although he you know, had some injury, I feel like he's just one of the better tight ends to come out, um, come out of college recently. And he's also just, he's a playmaker and he's, one of those guys like I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't say that he's, you know, the same as George Kittle, but I would say that he is one of those guys that make can make a difference in more than just his offensive ability, you know, with his blocking and also just with his ability to kind of um make defenses consider another receiver. Sure. Yeah, no, I like that pick. I, I had I not picked Patrick Mahomes, maybe I would have considered him later. That's one of the like 
that was one of my big detriments in the draft is, I mean, obviously I'm not sad that I got Patrick Mahomes, but just that there were a handful of players in that division. Specifically, I feel like that was with, with Hunter Henry and Travis Kelsey, my tight end options were ended up being really limited. Right. Um, and, and with George Kittle being taken. So like, um, so yeah, it kind of screwed me up a little bit. Um, but you know, um, and so and I also want to mention too. Um, so I said last round that the NFC North thing, like I, I went in AFC East with Stefan Diggs because I knew an NFC North receiver would fall to me. And I, then I went and said that I, I had to pivot, which partially because like I did kind of set my draft board up a little bit to where like I could take one in case I got screwed. I really didn't think it'd be AJ Brown though. That would screw me. I really thought he would fall <laughs> me. Um, so, but so since I couldn't get him, I still went with my next uh, receiver pick of Devonte Adams. You know, settled, I'm not settled for Devonte Adams. Yeah, I, I settled. Yeah. For, I settled for top receiver Devonte Adams over one year wonder AJ Brown. Um, so let me let me interrupt I mean, you for a second there because I think it's important to note. Like, okay, we all agree Devonte Adams is one of the better receivers in the league. Um, I, you know, who's to say if that's because of Aaron Rodgers or if it's his own talent, but who were you considering from that division that you would have thought, Oh, I don't want, I'll take Stefan Diggs and AJ Brown, as opposed to Devonta Adams. Who was, who was your original? Um, did, I mean, do you remember who your player would have been from that division? Yeah, no. So if, if I lost AJ Brown, who was my first pick and if I couldn't get Devonta Adams for whatever reason, like, I, I, you know, however it was, it was thought of, Allen Robinson would have been my pick um, because yeah. Allen Robinson good, also, good also NFC North, right? Um, you know, Vikings and, and well, I, I also consider Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Because, um, so, I mean, the NFC North is, has top, top receiver talent. Um, and so I just thought, you know, it, it, it honestly, it was almost a coin toss because Devonta Adams, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay for, as being real life receivers or even in fantasy it's yeah. just they're all they're all top they're all top fifteen yeah. talents. So um, I just went with Devonta Adams. I feel like he could be the. I mean, like you said, the Aaron Rodgers thing, but this that top end um, in real life could could he could be considered by some people as like a top five receiver in the league. Um, just across the board, his his skill set. Um, you good route runner, great hands, you know, getting off the line is insane. Maybe the best at that. Um, so that's, yeah. you know, I went with Devonta Adams there. And, and I think that once I set those two up, I, th- I think that I wanted just diverse receivers, not just like elite, you know, like the DeAndre Hopkins is those insane hands or, you know, um, or like a speed threat. Like, like I wanted to give, you know, even though Tyreek Hill like he thrives with Patrick Mahomes. Like I wanted, you know, since I have Patrick Mahomes, I wanted him to have just completely diverse receivers that could get open, that could do contested catches, that that are good red zone threats, and just just all of the above to really just maximize the potential. So that's that's those two picks for me. Yeah, definitely good. Can't couldn't go wrong with any of those ones that you had to pick mm-hmm. from. So. Um, so for me, I rolled into my second wide receiver now, um, coming from the AFC North, which kind of like you said for your division, Ian, 
a decent amount to pick from. Um, and luckily, the guy that I was kind of eyeballing was still available. Um, I mean, obviously, OBJ's there, Landry, Boyd. Um, but I went with uh, Juju on my pick. Um, I think out of that group of wide receivers, he's probably the most – I wouldn't say the most talented because probably OBJ would probably win that category, but he's a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was going for – I was really focusing on the younger guys who uh, with the draft. Um <clears throat> And again, kind of, there was some risk with taking Juju because unlike Terry, who proved he can do it with not great supporting evidence, supporting cast around him, Juju struggled last year. I don't know if that was just the entire atmosphere of the Steelers last year because it just seemed like that whole team was screwed up last year for some mm. reason. Um, and so I, I took the risk and betting on him pulling him out of the Steelers organization into whatever organization I have now created <laughs> and that he comes back to true form like he was the year before. So I have a, what I thought was a pretty dangerous wide receiver duo now out of Terry McLaurin and Juju Smith. Right. Um, and I, so that you actually got me wondering, you know, I was wondering why Juju over OBJ, but definitely the age thing makes sense. And, I think durability is probably a really important thing to consider too because OBJ is constantly in some sort of injury, you know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I respect it. Like, I, I wanted to get mad as a Browns fan. Like, why would you not take OBJ? But, uh, <laughs> but like, no, I, to- I totally understand. Like, age and durability are very, very important for this type of draft. So, yeah. So, and, and honestly, if Juju would have been gone, I don't know if it could have even been possible with what divisions you guys drafted from. I wasn't paying attention to that too much when I took my notes after the fact, but I probably would have still even not quite taken OBJ. I probably would have gone Boyd next. Really? Honestly. Boyd over Landry and, and OBJ? And then OBJ and then probably Landry last. But again, any of the four of them, I'd have been perfectly happy having on my team. It wouldn't have bothered me one bit. Wow. All right. But it, but the Boyd to OBJ thing comes back down to age and durability sure. still. Honestly, um, I do think OBJ is more talented than Boyd, but uh, would have taken Boyd for the mm-hmm. age. So then after that, I was able to get my re- my next player, one of my two that I knew you guys couldn't snipe, or at least so I thought, because apparently after I made my next pick in round seven, I got kind of lucky because Mike was targeting the same player for his linebacker spot because he actually plays both. Um, I went and got Khalil Mack for my yeah. defensive line position, and he was actually my oldest player on my entire team um, at, was he six years in? Yeah, six years in now. Um, but with Aaron Donald being gone, I think you, know, you could make an argument for Miles Garrett probably being number two there, but I feel Khalil Mack was is right up there with him, so I was pretty happy with grabbing him for my line. Yeah. I think that we had similar thought processes in in our divisional stuff because uh, when I went Miles Garrett, his his success on the on uh in, in the pass rush it couldn't be ignored, but also just the AFC North for me, I'd I, I prefer to just stick with the NFC North, like, you know, avoid Khalil Mack and get a different player from the NFC North later. Sure. As opposed sure. to like what you did, like you were fine with waiting on the AFC North for a receiver because you felt like you could get better value there. 
So it, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, and and I mean the fact that you got Khalil Mack in the second to last round of this is insane. Right. I mean, obviously, be- because you because he fell because the position fell to you. But I mean, that's just that's awesome. Right. And to to speak to what you were saying, you know, I I thought similar to what the logic behind your pick of the Mario Davis, Ian, that um, Khalil Mack is he is like the quarterback of their defense. You know, he's he's a leader. He's a playmaker. He's incredibly smart. Um, you know, he can spy out what a quarterback's going to do, and it's it just it's an invaluable uh, position. I didn't even think about the fact that. It's, it's ironic because he's listed in in sleeper as as a lineman, um, but uh, I didn't even consider that. I was I was thinking the whole time I was like I can I can get him um, as my linebacker, and that'll that'll be great. Right, because he's listed as an outside linebacker on roster. Correct, right, and he plays there so, sometimes. Right, yeah, oh, yeah, right, sure. Yeah, that sucks. I didn't, you know, honestly, I didn't consider that either. When you, I remember when he picked that, and you said that, I was like, oh wow, that's. That that would have been insane to me because like Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald <laughs> together, like if you got them both, that would have been crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, these last last <laughs> two picks for me were not as enjoyable as Derek's. I imagine you know getting Khalil Mack <laughs> like that, but um, this this was a huge pivot for me. Like I said a minute ago, I wanted dalvin cook because i wanted i did even though i say you know i don't value running backs that much i still wanted who i consider an elite one and i do consider dalvin cook to be a top probably top five talent in the league and that whole aj brown thing screwed my entire board up i ended up going Devonte adams so that left me out of the nfc north and the afc south was still available so i went with jonathan taylor which the only i think is the only rookie drafted um, yeah, and I went with Jonathan Taylor. I'm not, I'm even not as high on him as some people. Some people believe him to be a generational talent. Fucking kill me. <laughs> I hate that. But I mean, you know, <laughs> but I've come around on him a little bit. Um, and I will say just of all the, of the two I had left, right. I had the AFC South. I had the, a- the NFC East. And, of course, like I said earlier, the NFC East, the running back position is insane. I could have gotten Zeke or Miles Sanders, but I still had a tight end, and the tight ends in the AFC South were just not doing it for me. So I just completely eliminated I, – I just didn't take a solid running back in favor of taking a better tight end um, and just hoping that Jonathan Taylor is what some people believe he is and becomes a top – top run, running back talent in the league. So that's why I went with him over, you know, especially over like the other a- AFC South running backs too. It's like with Leonard Fournette or uh, Derrick Henry. It's just sort of like kind of an age thing, kind of a maybe a little bit more diverse possibly type of thing, yeah. but that, that's about it. You had a, you had a tough choice there for your last two. I don't, I don't know which way I would have gone. Being the Cowboys fan, I probably would have gone that route and taken Zeke for my running mm-hmm. back, even though, as I just preached a minute ago, that I think tight ends are almost just as important as your running back. Um, I think I might have gone Zeke and gambled with Janu Smith, maybe, but yeah. I don't think what you did was bad either. I think you made a very logical choice in your next two mm-hmm. picks. I won't reveal your tight end yet until we get to it, but um, – yeah, I you definitely can't fault you for right. it at all. And, I, what you did was make right. sense. And, 
that would have been. It was a hard, hard two to choose Right, and that's from. what sucks about the AFC South is what Johnny Smith or what Jack Doyle or any yeah. Texans tight end. Or, I mean, or or what Tyler Eifert? Like I'm screwed at tight end in that division. <laughs> like I still wanted talent. So honestly, my my tight yeah. end, I since I you guys already had yours, I just sort of I held on to him till the last because I knew who I was going to take of those two divisions, and then just sort of really had to hammer home who I guess I believed in most of that division running back wise. So yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, Mike. So round. my. Uh whole plan with Khalil Mack um, almost could have potentially been bad for me because I knew, like I said, I knew that I didn't need to take my, um, my DB or my uh, linebacker because you guys had already taken yours and I could wait on that. And so I was like, oh, okay, great. I'm set. I know who my last two picks are. I know who my last two divisions are going to be. And uh, whenever Derek took Mack, I could have panicked, but luckily I had saved linebacker for for the um, NFC North, and there are a number of good ones there. So I, I was I was okay with pivoting, um, and I went with uh, Roquan Smith, who you know he, he had had some injuries whenever he first entered the league. Uh, but I think that you know uh, nobody would nobody would dispute the fact that he's a, a, a top talent. He's a, a up and coming guy in the league, and just their whole scheme. I mean, not that that would matter in a in a re a re uh, what do we call it a dispersal league where they're on a new team but sure. just you, you know we've seen them have a lot of success their linebackers have a lot of success on the bears just because they they really you know they have a good culture for um producing at that position and i, I mean i don't know you could even say that maybe that would still come with him if he came to a new team just there's a lot of pride in that and i mean it's it's intangibles it's kind of like what we talked about with mario davis and all that it's he's he plays he plays hot and he's a he's a good young player and i think that i would just be i would be happy to have him um on my real football team so i was okay pivoting from khalil mack to him um and then what i had planned uh my for my my db i was very excited to get to be able to get stefan gilmore um in the last round and i know he's a little older and he's not necessarily like considered like the best or anything like that but i think that he is i mean he's solid everywhere he plays uh, all, all over the field and he's definitely one of those guys like what we've been talking about where he's a leader um i think he brings some veteran experience and he can kind of just lift up a lot of these other younger guys that i took for my team and so i just you know i was i was very excited to be able to take him with my last pick of the draft mm-hmm so can I, can I ask you what your thought process was? I mean, I, I guess you kind of explained it a little bit, but you know, since you had the turn, you had the opportunity to pick either division, either position. Um, so, so what was your thought process on taking, you know, maybe someone like, like maybe a DB from the NFC North instead of the, the linebacker, like you say, you could have gone like Harrison Smith sure. and then like a linebacker, like maybe, maybe Harrison Smith, Kyle. Sure. Illinois, yeah. Right. No. Something like that. Like so, I think a lot, a lot of it yeah. uh, at that point, honestly, was I, I was kind of tilting because I had expected to get Khalil Mack, and I was real excited about that at that point. And then I just kind of mm. was like, <laughs> so zoned in on like, oh god, what do I do here to get, you know, what, what do I do here? And I, I was like, well, I like, I like Smith, I like their linebackers. But no, you're you're 100 correct, and I think that 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 kind of exposes a little bit of the weakness of, of what we were doing here. We were only 
creating three teams and we only had to get one of these positions each. And there's a ton of talent all around the league. You know, you, there, I think are optimal patterns to what we could have gotten. And I, I think we're all pretty happy with the way that our teams turned out. But I think that, you know, talking, just talking real football, you could set this up with pretty much any combination of positions and divisions and you'd have a good team. Mm-hmm. I know. I totally agree. Um, and, and I, I, I don't fault those. I mean, I honestly, Stefan Gilmore didn't even cross my mind. I guess, I mean, honestly, I took Jalen Ramsey in the third round. So clearly, but, but just Stefan Gilmore from that division, especially that's, I, I mean, I guess you could also consider, you know, Xavier Howard or Tredavious white in that division too. So, I mean, it's, they're really not lacking, well, and um, I know Derek's not super high on him, but the uh, oh, what's his name? The the corner from Tech from from the Cowboys, who's now with the with the Dolphins. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Um, um, I know Derek. Derek doesn't like him, and like, I know I've already mentally dumped him from my brain because <laughs> I don't think he's as good as he's got his money. Yeah, for. it sucks. That I can't remember his name. I mean, we, I think we know who I'm talking um, about, but. Yeah, it's getting late, so my mind's not sure. working quite as well. I was honestly, though, shocked that – I mean, definitely good reason on Stefan Gilmore um, on that pick. I was just a little surprised it wasn't Jamal Adams. Right. It's, it's Another surprise one. me. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, think, yeah. I think I really had just kind of already decided which way I wanted to go. And I really do think that I was trying to think about intangibles as well. And obviously, Jamal Adams, I'm not saying that he's – any of these guys can't be. But I, I wanted some experience, a little bit of um, veteran – presence yeah. on my team that is you know all very young players I mean the the, the two oldest players on my team are Gilmore and, and Aaron Donald and they're both 29 um so like that it's just a young team I got Hunter Henry who's been like three years now is that it yeah Roke Smith two years yeah, he's yeah, 23 like that, yeah. Saquon uh Michael Thomas Lamar Jackson you know I just I had a lot of really young guys and I just feel like real football wise I think that it's important to have that that kind of like stabilizing. I mean, it's what you talked about earlier, Derek, with the tried and true. You know, you want proven proven ability because that the reason that I called the Browns not being able to pull together a, a, a winning, you know, a great season last year, like everybody kind of projected them having, it was because they have all these hot shot players, all this talent, but they kind of just threw it all together. You know, what these guys hadn't played together. Um, they had these superstars who were coming together and, and trying to do their own thing. I don't know. I just, I feel like it really is important that you have a mix of that. Like it's good to have that young blood to, you know, play hard and, and really want things, but it's also really important to have those level heads too. Sure. No, I, yeah, I get yeah. that. And, and I mean, like you said with Demario Davis, like, you know, it, whether it's just, you know, my defense specifically, you know, I ended up with Jalen Ramsey and Miles Garrett. So it's, you know, I've got a drama queen and, you know, Miles Garrett beating people over the head with helmets. It's like, you need, <laughs> you need a level headed guy in there. So, yeah, no, I totally get that pick. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, it, it's a very interesting draft for you, Mike, just like at the end there, because it could have gone, you, you had the really good divisions left for those sure. two positions. Sure. So it was, it, it was interesting. To back it up, just, that. I will say that, I mean, Gilmore was the best. He had the he was the top rated coverage cornerback in 2019, and, and their defense. Oh yeah, you know it wasn't just oh, a absolutely. just a veteran presence thing. Like he's he is a, a, a fantastic cornerback as well. Um, yeah. To have you know, yeah. you had you had a plethora of DBs to choose right. from for out of that division, so you can't 
any of them. Like you said, did Tredavious White. Um, if you want to go there, Byron Jones. Byron Jones. I don't. Well, I don't believe that one is in the same level as the other guys we've talked about. But yeah, uh, um, yeah you couldn't go wrong with any of them. I was just a little surprised at Gilmore over some of the younger guys. But what you said makes. 100% perfect sense. Right. No, but I, I do agree that he is. I mean, because you're right. He was probably the best corner in the league last year. I mean, cover, like coverage. Uh, so, yeah, it's a good pick. And I remember even uh, I Googled something last year, last season. It turned out to be really funny. I assume it was just some weird sort of glitch or coincidence. But, um, you know, there was all this talk because Stephon Gilmore covered, um, you know, they played the Texans. He ended up covering DeAndre Hopkins. And he's been known to, to shut DeAndre Hopkins down pretty well, right? Um, so I Googled DeAndre Hopkins' name for whatever reason, and the first result that came up was a picture of <laughs> Stephon Gilmore. <laughs> and I don't know if that's just like like an insult or something. Like I, I don't know. It just really cracked me up to see Stephon Gilmore's face. It's the top image result for DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. But, uh, but yeah, so anyways, uh, my last pick, like I said – I knew who I wanted probably three rounds ago just because of the, the lack of tight end talent. I went with Dallas Goddard. Yep. Um, I thought about Zach Ertz for a second, but he's older. Sure. Um, and I think, that, I think Dallas Goddard, I, I really like him. I've always – I thought he was always thought he was a really good talent. I think, you know, once Zach Ertz does move on, I think Goddard's going to be like that guy. Um, you know, he's just – He's a great pass catcher. He's a good blocker. He he knows his role, and again, like I, I, he's not Travis Kelsey, but like I like the idea of Dallas Goddard with Stephon Diggs, with um, with Devonta Adams. You know, like those three with Patrick Mahomes. I feel like really sets sets my offense up. Like it might not be quite as elite as Mike's. You know, who's got you know Lamar Jackson. He's got that huge big playability, but just like I feel like. Mine, I feel like, is slightly more like wide broad skill yeah. set. You know what I mean? Um, to, now, how come you didn't choose Evan Ingram over Dallas? I'm not knocking Dallas Goddard because I do, like um, him, but I'm just injuries. Curious. Yeah, it's okay. durability. I mean, he just he's hurt every season. I mean, he's he's great. Like if I had to if I had to pick either one of them in a vacuum with, and and I knew that they'd be healthy, it'd be Evan Ingram. Um, but okay. uh, yeah, just but Dallas Goddard, I like him close closely enough to Evan Ingram. I like right. Dallas Goddard close to that, but it's just the the durability, the long term. I feel sure. comfortable with that, and you know the other two teams, right? I'm I mean, I'm not going Blake Jarvis, right? <laughs> um, Why not? <laughs> yeah, hey, no, no harm, no, no harm to right. follow and, that and one. I'm not a believer. I'm not a believer. Well, I mean, I missed my boy. That's, that's one thing, honestly. <laughs> I mean, while we're while, while since I mentioned it. I, I I've been seeing a bunch of Blake Jarwin love on freaking on fantasy Twitter right now, and I don't get it. I, I just I don't see that at all. <laughs> I don't either. Coming from the Cowboys fan, yeah. I, don't I think there's potential there, but where his his ADP has been steadily rising by all this love he's been getting, and he's becoming too pricey for my liking. Yeah. That's like I sure. don't see like I don't see what he's done to deserve that. And like you said earlier, with with Zeke. You know, in for a fantasy perspective, it's like it's another one of those too many mouths to feed teams. I don't see a tight end really standing out there. So yeah, I mean that's that's me personally. I, I'm curious if you guys saw that Blake Darwin stuff, oh, yeah. but it's that not for me. Um, but 
So <laughs> this is the last pick of the draft. This is Derek's last pick. And I remember saying this because Derek took a while to, to, to pick this. But I thought that Derek leaving the AFC East for his quarterback <laughs> – <laughs> couldn't believe it like I I thought that was probably the worst division to leave for a quarterback but Derek believes in himself and the player so you do your thing yes so I mean you're spot on I I did go get my guy that I wanted I did take a while because I started to pivot and panic that I had left the AFC East for my quarterback I mean when your choices are Stidham Tua Josh Allen Sam Darnold Fitzpatrick, Brian Hoyer, maybe in New England. Oof. I mean, so I, mean um, I did leave probably the last chunk of the worst QB chunks, uh, the worst selection for QB out of all the different divisions. However, I was comfortable with it for the team that I had built around my QB. So I was starting to pivot for a minute, thinking that maybe my pick should be Tua. But I, I had to then just go with what my original plan was when, I, when Mahomes was gone. So I knew, I knew after round two who my QB was going to be. And after Mahomes and Lamar Jackson were gone, and I took Kittle, I guess I say round three, so I think I took Kittle in the third round, but I was on the turn, so it didn't really matter. Um, that and him essentially eliminating um, Wilson. Uh, Wilson. I knew who I wanted, and I knew I wanted Josh Allen. I am a huge Josh Allen believer. No, he's not a top-end elite quarterback by any means. He has some faults, um, but, I mean, the kid is smart. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Um, He can scramble. He's got good legs. He's got crazy athleticism. I mean, he hurdled some people last year. Mm -hmm. Just insane. Um, He's got crazy – uh, arm strength. His biggest flaw, though, is his deep ball accuracy, which is kind of why I drafted the people I drafted because he can dump to CMC all day long, and CMC can just steamroll the crap out of anybody they're playing. Same, <laughs> same with Kittle. Same theory with him. Dump it to Kittle and let Kittle just run it down their mouths of the defense. And then uh, it's kind of why I gravitated toward Terry and Juju, who are fast, not the fastest, but decently fast, but also still decently physical wide receivers. Again, not the most physical either. I kind of went right down the middle for my wide receiver choices, knowing who my quarterback was probably going to be. So I felt very comfortable taking Josh Allen for my QB of my fake dynasty here given the fact of who I put around him on my offense. I didn't, I didn't even consider that perspective about it, like in terms of the rest of your team, because I mean, like I said, with the beginning of your draft, couldn't be me, but I mean, that's because I, I hate Josh Allen. personally. But <laughs> I hate him, but like he's, I, I don't think he'll be a starting quarterback in two years, but, but beside the point, I didn't even consider it in terms of like the other other players you drafted because now that I think about it, like you're right, like CMC, Kittle, Juju, especially like those guys, they're physical, they're brutal, they're they're you know broken tackle monsters, and Josh Allen really fits into that too because like you said, like the hurdling, the athleticism, like I mean, if you want that sort of offense, like that's I mean, 
I mean, it kind of reminds me of just sort of how the, the 49ers have built their offense. I think Mike mentioned that earlier, you know, how they, they are, you know, the Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle type of offense. Like, I mean, you, you know what you want. So that's cool. Yeah. I just. Yeah. There was almost a pivot to Tua, but I talked myself back out of it and went mm-hmm. with who I believed I was going to take the whole time. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, like I said, and not only is it crazy to me that that was the division you left yourself with, but just that, just, I mean, and I, I guess, I guess too, because, you know, Mike and I picked ours so early that you could just wait as long as you wanted. Um, but I just, like I said, just, you know, the fact that you went running back first round, QB last round, it's just so opposite of, of what I would have done. I mean, yeah. because it is, but it is the opposite of what I did. But I mean, like if it had Mahomes or Lamar Jackson been sitting there at two, I wouldn't have hesitated. I'd have pulled the trigger in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. But because those two were off the board, and had you guys had someone jumped on Kittle before I took him, my QB would have been Russell Wilson. That was I was down between those two. But if Kittle right. got to me first, I knew in my mind tight end was more important than QB. And that's yeah. why I went with Kittle instead of taking Russell Wilson. Yeah, fair enough. I like I'm it. Su- yeah, yeah. I'm, surprised, I'm surprised no one took Baker Mayfield. I mean, I just, you know. <laughs> you? I mean, with, with my starting lineup, I'd have been fine with Baker too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I honestly like Lamar Jackson over Baker Mayfield. Like, Mike, what were you thinking? You know? <laughs> I'm thinking I want to win. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so, that, so the, thank you for joining us on Speaking of Football. Um <laughs> Uh, no, uh, no, I get, it. I mean, so I, I guess we can recap our teams now. I did. I mean, this was a lot of fun for me. I thought, I mean, especially now, cause we haven't, this was the first time we've even discussed our picks, um, with one another. So this is, I was really interested to hear how you guys, you guys picked your teams because not only like I was sort of judging them like on a pick by pick basis, like, you know, what, you know, sort of division based, but like, like I hadn't considered the the entirety of Mike's offense or like the style of, of Derek's offense to the point where like, I was just like, Ugh, Josh Allen gross. But then, <laughs> but yeah, it was, but all together, like it's, it's not a terrible, it's not a bad team, you know? Yeah. So. No. And, and you do bring up an interesting uh, point though. Like I think it's a little bit, it's hard to see past their actual current situations, but if we had been drafting, I mean, somebody like Baker Mayfield, probably would have a better shot in something like this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, he hasn't exactly had an easy time of it in, in Cleveland. Yeah. And, and, and that's a really, that's a really interesting uh, thing to talk about too. I think before we, before we finish up is that, um, you know, situation is so important. Scheme situation coaching is so very important. And like with what we did, we didn't draft any offensive linemen. I mean, A, because that's just not really a thing you can do on sleep or you can't, you know, we did our uh, draft on there. Um, but, um, you know, uh, just assuming we all just have a, you know, top half O-line, right? Right. But, like, the coaching, I feel like, is such an important aspect and, and, and the full team building is so important because I feel like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, I think those are very interesting players to talk about because – they were all drafted the same year, right? Um, but they're all been put in different situations. And Lamar Jackson obviously has thrived the most, but I think it's because he was put in the best situation. Like his coach knew 
that he would take uh, he would tailor the offense around Lamar Jackson. Right. And and he's got his offensive line. He's got the the sort of playmakers he needs. He doesn't have elite receivers, but he's got the playmakers he needs to succeed. Right. And the scheme. He does on my team. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Josh Allen, I, I feel like it's a similar thing is I personally I don't believe in Josh Allen's talent. I really don't. But he was put in a really great position. The Bills like you know, coach McDermott, they've really built up that team to make them competitive. You know, they've right. looked they've looked past his flaws and given him what he needs to succeed. I mean, they're they're a playoff team, you know, and and then they just also got him Stefan Diggs. Like they were a playoff team with Cole Beasley and John Brown. And now right. you've got you've got Stefan Diggs too. And they've got a they built up the offensive line the last two years and they built up that defense like which is such an important thing to talk about because Baker Mayfield, they built up certain things, but they took away offensive line pieces. They didn't give him a good coach, right? Sam Darnold, right. Sam Darnold, they haven't done shit right for him. You know, they, right. they, they overpay certain players, the wrong sort of positions. The Adam Gase is a horrible coach. And so it's like, you know, all four of those guys – Talent-wise, it could be the opposite. You know, Baker and Sam Darnold could be considered the best ones if in different situations. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it kind of ties back into how you started the whole episode, Ian, with you know your your basic question of is the running back the engine of the offense? And I think I think you know kind of what you just said and backs up your initial statement is. Or, or and kind of what we all said is not necessarily a singular running back, but it's the pieces around the running back. So quarterback, almost you got to have a smart quarterback. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't. You could have someone who has flaws like a Sam Darnold or a Josh Allen, but if they're not smart, all right, Sam Darnold might be a stretch on that one. Um, <laughs> but, but if they don't have some sort of football intelligence, no matter who you put around them, you're not going to succeed. But that's, then that was kind of my whole theory with the draft is I, I couldn't grab Patrick Mahomes. My, my, my draft theory went to building the best team around whatever quarterback I could get at the end, essentially. Right. Well, let me, let me do this real quick. Before we end, before we recap our teams, let's do a quick one-round draft. <laughs> let's do the same order. So Derek, me, Mike. Derek, which coach would you want? Oh, God. Um, for your team, like not just your favorite coach, but which coach do you think would be oh, the for best my pick? team for, for the team you picked? Uh, I'm probably gonna have to stick with the 49ers reference and probably go Shanahan there. Mm, that's good. I really do. I think I think my team has some very big similarities there, and I mean, with the one glaring exception of they have a running back room and not a running back workhorse where I went the opposite direction with that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think it's a very similar build. And I think he's a very good, talented genius coach. Right. Yeah. No, that that's a good pick. I like that. Um, like I know I, I mentioned that, but I didn't even cross my mind about like specifically the coaching. Uh, but I mean that, yeah, I think that's a great pick um, for me. I think, Honestly, I, th- I think I got to go Andy Reid. I mean, based on what I know that he's done with Patrick Mahomes already, plus mm. he's also an offensive guru type where it's like just imagining him with those 
skilled receivers and what I know he can do with a running back. Like, I mean, just I know, you know, because the one limitation I think Jonathan Taylor has, you know, my running back is that he has he's not really ever been known to be a great receiver. But I think that Andy Reid can develop him into the right sort of player he needs to be to really maximize the offense. But Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid is just a unquestionable duo. So, yeah, good pick. Yeah, and so Mike, who would your coach be? Sean Payton. Uh, <laughs> I thought about him. I thought about him for a minute. <laughs> I think that I mean, obviously, you know, uh, it is definitely a homer pick. But I also think that for the style of quarterback that. Lamar Jackson is, um, and just for the creative plays that he could pull off with, you know, AJ Brown and Saquon and Hunter Henry. I mean, I mean, we saw what he did with, you know, Jimmy Graham and what he does with Taysom Hill and then just all of those. It, I mean, I think it's pretty verifiable now that Jimmy Graham, obviously he's talented and he's a big guy, but he, th- I think he was more product of the system than, than he is, uh, stand out, you know, yeah. no matter where he is, he's going to have success kind of thing. And I think that if anything, that just proves that, you know, the scheme is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I would be very happy to have Sean Payton coaching this team. Um, like without a doubt in my mind. And, and I think that my other, my other thoughts were probably along the same lines as you guys. Um, Shanahan and, and Andy Reid are both, good at using their running backs. And I think that like we talked about earlier, while the individual player may not be that important, I think success in the league is knowing how to use that position right now. Um, and I think that all three of the quarterbacks, I mean, all three of the coaches that we mentioned are all running back quarterback geniuses. And, you know, it shows by their selections, not only their, you know, how they build their teams, but also how they use them. Right. No. I get it. I honestly, I was kind of expecting you to go Harbaugh just because of the the existing Lamar success. But I mean, honestly, didn't even consider Peyton. But I mean, you know Peyton better than anybody, so that's <laughs> yeah, right on. All right. Well, so now that we've you know we've added our coaches and everything, uh, we can I guess go back through our teams. So Derek, you picked first. Who, let's. Uh, what was your full team? All right, so my full team, including my new now appointed coach of Kyle Shanahan, um, I got CMC for my running back, Darius Leonard for my linebacker, George Kittle for my tight end, Scary Terry for my WR2, Derwin James for my DB, Juju for my WR1, Khalil Mack for my defensive line, and the Wonder Boy Josh Allen for my quarterback. (laughs) Right on. So I had... I got Andy Reid coaching my team of Patrick Mahomes, uh, Stefan Diggs, Devonta Adams, and Jonathan Taylor as my offense. And then I've got my defense of Miles Garrett, Jalen Ramsey, and and um, Demario Davis. Yeah, um, my team now coached by the illustrious Sean Payton <laughs> um, is quarterbacked by Lamar Jackson. Um, my wide receivers are Michael Thomas and AJ uh, Brown. My running back is Saquon Barkley, the generational talent. Uh, <laughs> I still like to, to call them. Um, my tight end is Hunter Henry, and my defensive players are Aaron Donald um, at on lineman, um, Stephon Gilmore at DB, and um, Roquan Smith at linebacker. So overall, I'm. I'm very excited to go 
go to battle with this team. Oh, me too. Big time. Um, and honestly, I, I really enjoyed this, this draft and the discussion of it because I think this sort of really, it really shows that, you know, this isn't, you know, we're not just three guys who are like an echo chamber of the, you know, it's like, you know, you could see like a, like a PFF type podcast for I love PFF, but like, they're just saying the same things to each other. You know, it's right. like running backs don't matter because the analytics say so, you know, type of thing where they're just like, Oh, we're going to agree. Like they have slight differences in opinion, but they have the same basic model. And like, I love seeing Derek's draft because it was so insanely different from what I would do. And so it's like his perspective is it like, like I said, the exact opposite picks, you know, running back, line, linebacker, tight end were my bottom three options. And quarterback is my first. So I just – I love seeing that different perspective of Derek and why he went the way he did. So I, I had a great time doing this draft with you guys. Yeah, it was definitely fun. I said, I was, I've been waiting all week. I said fate did not uh, give us a good hand last week in doing it live like the original plan. We had a bunch of stuff come up. But uh, I was budding at the bit to uh, get in here and discuss this draft with you guys. I was just curious as – to why you guys didn't think like I did. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So, I mean, I guess that's, that's pretty much wraps it up. I mean, we discussed pretty much most facets of building a roster. I think, I mean, the only thing we didn't really cover was offensive line, but I mean, I mean, offensive lines, offensive line, they're good. They're good. Whatever. Who gives a hell? Um, so, <laughs> so now I guess, uh, since we wrapped it up, I'm going to give you guys, uh, some of our um, social media handles on Twitter. We are speaking of FB. Um, that's probably most definitely our most active social media uh, page. Like I'm on Twitter constantly. I love interacting with people. I'm the one who runs it um, for the most part. Um, so I'm always on there. I'm down to, you know, help out with fantasy stuff or talk anything. Um, Hence all but- the DK Metcalf references. That's true. Yes. Thank you, Derek. Uh, since we haven't mentioned DK Metcalf in this episode, thank you. Um, Had to be that. I, I was going to say to Jalen Ramsey, I was kind of bummed. I picked him so quickly. I was, And then later I was like, no, he's in the same division as DK. I can't pick him now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there will be a lot of DK Metcalf content if you follow us. I hope you enjoy that sort of thing. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so follow us on there. We got an Instagram, Facebook too. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode.